Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I am so excited today because I have Tilly Fine with me, and she is a certified stress and anxiety coach, keynote speaker, and mental health advocate. Tilly incorporates a unique blend of traditional coaching and therapy with spiritual, scientific, and practical approaches. Her focus is on somatic practices and healing the nervous system. She has helped hundreds of people move through their stressed and anxious minds into a state of deep personal success. Tilly supports individuals, families, and groups worldwide in navigating through childhood trauma and culture influences affect us in our present day life. Her passion is to radically shift the way we think about life's challenges by ending the cycle of stress and anxiety through healing and connection. Tilly, thank you so much for being here today. Dr. Caroline, I'm so honored to be here. I, I love your morning cup. I think it's such a genuinely different idea and I and you have such a great variety of guests. I've really enjoyed watching it as, as it's evolved. So thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. Of course, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and journey because like all the other individuals that have been on here have been amazing, but your story too just resonated, resonated with me when we first met. Um, over a year ago now, but Tilly, mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about your journey and then we'll just dive right in. Sure. So I um, originally am from South Africa, but I have lived in Los Angeles for mm, close to 30 years mm -hmm. and uh, love it here. I started off in the corporate world, in the music industry. I mean, if you live in LA, you're going to work either, you're going to work in entertainment in some way, probably. So I had a very successful career in the music industry, um, in the corporate world. And for I was in that industry for 16 years, uh, traveled around the United States, had a wonderful, you know, on paper, I checked all those Western cultural checkboxes that we're, we're brought up with that you need to check in order to, you know, to reach your happiness state. So get it you know, you get, a, you get a good education, you get a good job, you find a nice man who makes a lot of money, you buy a nice house and a good zip code, you drive a nice car, you have a good career, you have, you know, you get married, you, you have kids. Like I checked all the boxes with flying colors. Yeah. But when my daughter was born, that, and she's, she's almost turning 13, she literally blew up my entire perfect life that I had that I thought would have bring me success and happiness right I thought that's what it was. and she from when this little being came into my life I was like oh my god I can't this is you know I started to really get in touch with who I was as a person and not who I was supposed to be mm -hmm. and that started I started studying from that day and have just educated myself so much so that I was eventually able to leave the corporate world and I am working primarily with stress and anxiety. 
and how how I got here is interesting because I've studied like I, I, I like I've studied almost everything. So for me, what the conclusion is over the past, I would say five years, is that there's a top down and a bottom up approach to healing. And what I mean by that is the top down is meditation, for example, talk therapy, um, you know, um, breath work, you know, stuff, stuff that top down approach. Uh, mindset, right? And then there's the bottom up approach, which could be things like breath work or uh, cold showers, or it's it's healing the, the body. But the basis that meets that the, both are very, very necessary and needed, all of those modalities are needed. But what meets them in the middle is the central nervous system. So what I have learned and studied is that you can do all those things top down and bottom up if you do not learn to regulate your central nervous system those things are good but they're just temporary and you'll just continue to spiral you know and just just continue to, to make loops so you may start meditation oh my god meditation is a wonderful i've, I've meditated for so many years and it is amazing but if you cannot if you don't if you cannot come from a regulated nervous system it's a temporary fix so going back to the basics of regulating your nervous system then brings the bottom up and the top down because everything that we do throughout our lives especially as kids but even through adulthood anytime we are in fight flight or or freeze we store that in our bodies our bodies store that somewhere somehow and that's where the dysregulation of the nervous system comes from so until we regulate our nervous system it's we're going to heal. We are going to heal. We will still heal, but it will keep cycling back. And even regulating your nervous system is not. It's not linear, and it's not. Oh, it's I'm fixed my nervous system now. I'm done. It's still like everything else, going to be a continuous work right. and a process. But that is the root that we need to get to is our nervous system. And so that's why I really focused on healing the nervous system and through somatic somatically right through through our bodies. Absolutely. And you know, it's so interesting too, because a lot of times people look at the surface versus like what's underneath that. And with the nervous system, you're right. If you are not healing that element, that is going to impact everything else too, because it's working from the inside out versus outside in. And I mean, you can work that way, but really being able to regulate our emotions and stress and anxiety I know that's where you specialize too and I think it's something that a lot of people are going through especially with the pandemic and everything that's happened in the last few years in particular so I'm curious before we get into all of that what led you to really start to really do the personal development and dive a little bit more deep into that but how did you formulate okay I want to start a business now I want to make this a business that's a great question. So when I figured out that, okay, this life I'm leading is not the life, is not for me, I wanted to make other people aware that, you know, we don't follow this, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happily divorced. One of, I would say it's, it's one of my, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's another subject, but I'm, we are very, very happily divorced. You know, I changed everything and I began to live from, from, or try to live from being authentic. And so I wanted to be able to share that, how to be, but when people say, oh, you've got to be, it was such a taboo word for me, like 
be authentic. People need to be authentic. It's sort of like a word that we throw out there fairly often. But what that what does that actually mean? It means for me, it means how are we going to heal ourselves so that we can present as the best person that we are meant to be. But it, it starts from internal healing. So when I figured that out, I was like, well, I need to be able to share that, right? I need to be able to, and all the courses I'm studying, all this, I need to be able to put it in a package that I can share. And then just like you say, Dr. Caroline, the stress and anxiety affects all of us, all of us. And I have been through so many different levels of stress and anxiety, thinking that, oh, I have it under control. And then something else will come up and I'd be like, oh my God, I don't, I'm still resonant, you know? And so it's, it's been a constant challenge for me, but when you learn to let go of, of the perceptions of what you think you should be, and you can really go internally and try to heal what you have been through, whether it's been in this lifetime or past lifetimes, then you can learn to be the person you're meant to be. And that's when I feel like you can actually be happy. Not that not that I feel like happiness is the goal. It is one of the goals, joy, true joy. But it's just being it's being the person that you were meant to be and not the person that everybody else thinks you're supposed to be. Yes. No, I, I think there's just so much truth to that too. When you think about like what you were saying earlier of your journey of like you checked off all the boxes, what society mm -hmm. thinks is deemed as like happiness and perfection mm -hmm. and literally your life turning but in a way that really makes you happy and I think that's the really a, a big takeaway from a, a lot of things I've heard and just experienced myself and just what you're saying too is happiness it comes from the inside it's not the material things like those are nice to haves but like really being happy and allowing ourselves to live a, a fulfilling life where we are creating that internally too and that's where I'm curious with your stress levels too. You said there was different levels of stress that you're like, okay, I got this under control. And then something else might've popped up. What did that really look like? If you can kind of give us a little picture of that. Absolutely. So when I was at, when I worked in corporate, I <clears throat> resonated, <clears throat> sorry, at a level of extreme stress. Like I travel, <clears throat> sorry, I travel every week, somewhere new. I mean, it was fantastic. I'm not complaining. And I was just, I thought it was normal. Like, that's who I am. I am the stressed person, you know, and my daughter, it doesn't matter what time I woke up in the morning or woke her up. We always were rushing to get out the door. Like we lived in this perpetual state of stress, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's how I resonated. And I thought I was just so busy all the time. I had so much to do. I could never get, even if I got through my to-do list, I still wasn't satisfied. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was normal, that I was normal. Like, that's just who I am. Like that's, I, I'm just, that I'm just that type of a person. Yeah. And then when I left corporate and started my own business, I stayed in the music industry uh, with a, a boutique company hmm. and to, to help me through the transition. Mm -hmm. This was several years ago. And I, I didn't, I didn't realize that my stress level was, it came down a little bit because it was different, right? It was a switch from working in corporate, working to go to working in a smaller company. Yeah. And I thought I had my stress under control. And then when the pandemic hits, 
so that I had gone down a little bit because I realized how, how stressed I was in corporate. So I had brought my stress level down into something more, way more manageable, which I was more comfortable with in this new company and, and doing all the work that I'm doing, working with clients, you know, doing all this work. Mm-hmm. And then when the pandemic hit and it shut down, everything shut down. Only then did I realize that I was still resonating at this extreme level of stress. Mm-hmm. So much so that, you know, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's good and bad for you. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the pandemic, because we had no work to do, I had my business, but the, the music industry shut down, obviously, completely live music mm-hmm. shut down. I transferred that, that busyness and that work habit that I had of constantly do, 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 do mm-hmm. into lists. I would make myself <laughs> lists every day during the pandemic. This is what you have to do. And it was even lists like just self-care stuff. I started to list self-care. And what they did was it just regenerated and re- I caught myself. My subconscious mind brought me back to that comfort level of vibrating on this. Oh my God, I've got to do this every day. I, had a, I literally had a checkbox of things that I had to do every day. For A lot of it was even the self-care stuff. So mm-hmm. I saw myself recreating that same pattern that I had always perpetually lived on. And so I that's when I had to really take a step back. And I'm like, look, I am learning this stuff. I am teaching this stuff. I need to really practice this stuff. And that was a huge wake-up call for me. And the pandemic really let me see that and understand that and helped me really grow so much more so so that I can really, you know, help help my clients that way. But it was a massive, it was a massive wake-up call for me. Well, I'm glad you had that wake-up call because it really allowed you to take a step back. And, you know, I think it's interesting because a lot of people that I know personally would say, Carolyn, you have a lot on your plate. Like, this is so much. I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. This is my normal. Like, that high stress you're talking about, like, that was – it was like chronic stress, but I was just so used to it and high volumes of it. It seemed like it was my life. It was just normal, and it's not. (laughs) And I think, like, bringing that home, too, of – recognizing when we start to get into that pattern subconsciously we don't realize it right away but then you start to see that you're recreating it you're just transferring that energy to something else even if it's like with lists I know I'm like I'm just like you're speaking my language (laughs) and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that where there's just so much going on in everyday life that we need to take care of as adults but also running a business too and working with clients so many different factors but how do you reduce that. So I'm curious when you did have that realization, what was that next step for you? So it, just like you say, we, all of us have lots of stuff on our plates, right? And it Mm -hmm. doesn't, sometimes the misconception can be, well, we're too busy. Okay. So I have to stop doing this or stop doing that. It's Mm -hmm. not a matter of stopping necessarily what we're doing, Mm -hmm. but it's how we do it and how we approach it through our bodies. Right. So Mm -hmm taking your kid to school in the morning or getting, getting out the door in the morning can be two ways. You're still going to do it, but you can either be rushing and late and be so stressed and screaming at your kids and running out the door, or you can do it in a calm way, right? Where you're regulated and your children are regulated and everyone around you is regulated. If you yourself regulate, it doesn't mean that you have to give up anything that you're doing, right? I know you're super busy. You've got a lot on your plate, but you You could still do all those things, but the difference is, are you doing it in a dysregulated state or are you doing it in a regulated state? 
So for me during the pandemic was ideal. I know it was a sort of a um, anomaly situation because I literally could then spend time just really decompressing. And the biggest step for me was I was always outside of my body. I was never in touch with my body and what your body tells you and how you feel in your body. That was something that was, I knew about it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I do yoga, I'm in my body and mm-hmm. yoga is a good way for you to be in your body, right? I, I can do cold showers, I'm in my body. And it is, those that right. does bring you right into your body. Mm-hmm. But the regulation on a, on, on a continuum throughout the day and resetting your, reg, your, 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 your nervous system just by simple little things mm-hmm. changes your whole it changes your whole vibration from up here to down here, no matter what is on your plate. And it's a ripple effect, right? So mm-hmm. for me, my daughter was pure evidence with this. When I, right before I left corporate and even into the, you know, when I transitioned into my career, into my um, doing this business full time, and then I had, I did some consulting work in the music industry. My daughter suffered from severe uh, anxiety. She started to get severe anxiety. It's when she was like 10 or 11, severe separation anxiety. And mm-hmm. since she was three months old, I had gone almost every week on a trip since she was three months old. And now suddenly at the age of 10 or 11, mm-hmm. she developed, this is pre-pandemic, severe separation anxiety from me to the point that if we were in our house together and I went outside to take the trash out, which is literally five feet where the trash can is, but, you know, but in the garage, behind the garage, she would scream, mom, mom. And I'd have to go, she'd have to come with me or I'd have to tell her and she'd wait until I came back. Like that's how extreme it was. And I'm thinking, but I've done all this work. You know, I'm a, I'm a certified conscious parenting coach. I've done all this work. What's going on here? And when the pandemic hit and I realized I was still up here, of course she's vibrating up here. So when I brought, was able to bring myself down, it mm. took a while. It's not instantaneous, but there's that ripple effect. And it's not just with your child or your, 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 you know, your spouse or your, the people at home, your partners, it's with everyone around you, all the people that you work with, all the people that work with you. It's, it's a total ripple effect that starts with you. And then it ripples out. And, my daughter proved like she was she's proof that that's uh, that it works that way and it after a while now she can't wait for me to leave the house so she can be on her own right it's the complete opposite she'll wake up in the morning and i'll take the dog for a walk and she doesn't even know where i am and she'll mm-hmm. she doesn't even text me anymore like hey mom where are you she's just you know she's just gets so it's a it's it's a complete 180 and that proved to me how when we come from a place of regulation and it's very hard as a parent, you know, then mm-hmm. it's a ripple effect to everything and everything you touch around you, everything, your whole energy, stuff that you attract, everything, just every whole aura changes. Oh, I, I believe it. And, you know, I think that's a great observation too, of like how our energy can impact the environment mm-hmm. as well. So I'm curious because I know there's a lot around regulation, but what are some things that you do to regulate for you or with your clients? Great as question. Well? Right. Yes. So learning how to regulate your body for me, at least, and I think for a lot of people is almost like learning a foreign language because it's, 
these are natural things that we do on a day-to-day basis. So the first thing for me was education because we are higher beings. If someone says to you, hey, Dr. Caroline, go over there and stand on your head. And you know what? You you will be cured from cancer. Like I'm just being facetious mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah. If you don't logically understand that, it's not, it, as, a, as, a, as a higher being, it's not going to have an effect on you, even if that is the cure, like it, it'll, it'll jeopardize it, right? And I'm mm-hmm. obviously, I'm, I'm just being, I'm using silly example, but so the education for me was understanding how the vagus nerve works and how the prefrontal cortex is our emotion and how to regulate and what happens when we dysregulate it. So getting educated was definitely a big step for me and then it's so funny because just it's just the simplest simplest things to start off with that we don't do so here's an example if you're taking like this is my morning latte right i cherish it this is my morning latte but there's a there's a difference between me taking this and drinking it and getting along you know going Mm. going around with the rest of my day which i do but being conscious of it and aware that, okay, this is my moment. This is my latte. I'm going to drink it ha- and then drinking it and experiencing how it feels in my body. How does my body feel right now? Something as simple as that mm-hmm. or checking in a few times a day with how do I feel right now? How I'm sitting on this chair. Okay. So now my back is leaning against the back. I feel the support on the back. I feel the cushion underneath my legs and my bum. I feel my feet on the floor. How, you know, that's, that is regular, that slowly, slowly starts to rewire your brain as you start to slowly regulate. And it's, you think it's just so silly. That's just, when I started it, I was like, this is so silly. Like, I know I'm sitting on the chair, like, but mm-hmm. what you don't understand is you being conscious of it starts to regulate. And then you can start to feel, well, how does my body feel? Well, my back hurts a little bit. You know, then you can really focus on that. And then it's the the rewire is really something that's so subtle, but yet so effective, you know, being conscious of your surroundings. So, okay, I'm in this room right now and I see a wall and a fan above me and there's a computer and a screen and a camera. Just being conscious brings you back into your body. It was a big thing for me. And, and honestly, I thought it was really silly in the beginning, but it was just so necessary. That was the one big step. And then another big step for me was understanding so if i'm doing yoga for example and i get a sharp pain that comes up let's just say it my stomach goes Mm -hmm. most of us would be like and i was like this oh it must be something i ate or maybe i didn't digest my food or something's wrong right because nutrition is such a big part of this too right it must be something i ate but really if we sit down and we acknowledge that this might be something that's been brought out from that's been stored in your body somewhere from some um some type of a trauma or stress or and i i like i don't like to use the word trauma to throw the word trauma out there it's some type of situation where you've stored something in your body that is not supposed to be there if you acknowledge that and know that it's there that's when the healing starts Instead of just dismissing it as, oh, it must have been something that I ate. So it's the awareness of your body because your body will tell you everything. Your body holds all the answers. Mm -hmm. Your body holds everything, especially if you're, especially if your nutrition is, you know, the gut brain. I know, you know, you do the gut brain. If you have good gut brain health, it opens up the avenues even more for your body to really heal and to show you where the healing is or what needs to be healed. 
you don't have to know what the incident is. Like if you get that spill in your stomach, people try to think, well, what is that from? And they want to go back in their childhood. And is it related to a specific event? That's not necessary to regulate your nervous system. It's, it just it takes the acknowledgement of knowing that's where it is and not trying to get rid of it or dismiss it and just sit with it. And eventually the healing will start. And then slowly the rewiring of your synapses in your brain to transition you from that high state into, okay, I'm safe now. I'm safe. I'm safe. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. And I'm so glad you're bringing that up because I, I definitely think the mind and body are so connected. But the mm-hmm. biggest thing is acknowledging it. I know like somebody, especially like my childhood, I had a lot of stress and anxiety and I would carry it in my gut. And that's like a huge part of why I do what I do now. But I think it's just understanding too. Now I'm able to acknowledge that it's not something that I ate. It's not other things. It's like, okay, I didn't talk about an emotion. I suppressed it. I did something else. And it goes in the body because we're storing it just like you're saying too. And that's why it's so important. You might not have to identify exactly what it is, but knowing, okay, it's not something that you ate unless it is, but being able to really (laughs) acknowledge what your body's going through because our body is a temple like it is something that we only got one of and being able to really preserve that and take care of ourselves internally and that's why I love what you do too really helping your clients with stress and anxiety and I'm curious when you started your business because I want to kind of jump back to what was that deciding factor if I need to make this a business I need to grow this and really help other people because you've helped so many people Thank you. Well, I started the first thing I the first certification I started was a conscious parenting coach through the Dr. Shafali Institute. And so I initially started off by I want to be do parent coaching. Mm-hmm. But then as that evolved and I'm, and I always commit to learn to taking three major courses or or certifications every year. And so and I started this like 10 plus years ago. So I, I have accumulated. And so as that, I started as a conscious parenting coach, but as I expanded and, and learned so much more about the body and how it works and stress and anxiety, I transitioned. It was a natural transition for me to, well, stress and anxiety is something that happens for all of us. It doesn't mean I'm not doing the parenting as a parent. I'm, you know, you do, you, you do suffer with stress and anxiety, but I wanted to go really deeper into the body and the somatic side of it. So the last few years, I've really practiced, you know, I've really been focusing on the somatic, how, you know, the somatic therapies and modalities and how those can change us. Mm-hmm. So the, it was a natural progression for me. And, and also, I mean, in any business, you know, this Dr. Caroline, you just have to keep an open mind, right? Because, and if you're open, it'll lead you in the direction that you want to go. I've been dealing with stress and anxiety now solidly for the last five plus years. So I feel like I'm, this is where I am right now, but if it changes, it's, you know, I'm also, you know, it, it may change in, in the future and I'm okay with that, but that's, I feel like that's where I'm comfortable in my qualifications, at least in order for me to, you know, to, to help others. Yes. And, you know, you said something really important there, just about how like a lot of entrepreneurs, we have to pivot sometimes. Yes. And sometimes it's that natural pivot because you've outgrown what you're doing or you get new knowledge and new education and more exposure to something where you're going to be able to have that open mind, like you're saying, and be able to go to that direction. And especially because your daughter was experiencing it as well and being able to help her and have the resources to help her, but being able to understand how 
what we go through can impact the entire family dynamic as well, not just us. Very important. Yes. Very important. And just the awareness. So of experiencing emotions. So with my daughter, you know, when she was little and she would fall over, you know, it's, 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 it's our culture to, Mm. Oh, it's okay. Pick her up. It's okay. You're going to be okay. You're okay. You, let me look at you. You don't have anything to cut. You're okay. Instead, we need to let those emotions flow through. Let her scream, let her cry, let her do whatever she needs yeah. to do and be there with her. Make sure, Obviously, make sure she's safe, first of all, and be there with her. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, they get trapped in her body, which is what happened, right? So they get trapped in her body. Got to let those emotions out. Same as an adult. Like, yeah. literally, we are we don't we don't know how to do that as adults you let the emotion go just let it go mm-hmm. and as soon as you let it through your body you can move on instead of storing it because it comes up it'll come up again at the mm-hmm. most you know when you when you're least expecting it somehow somewhere it's stored in your body and it will come up again you are absolutely right. You know, it's so interesting you said that about the child falling. So my niece was in town recently and um, it's so cool to see my sister, how she's like such an amazing mother, but like how like my niece like fell and she's just like, are you okay? How are you feeling? Like giving her that space, but not immediately mm-hmm. saying, are you okay? Are you okay? And that's something I used to do when I was like coaching little mm-hmm. kids and are you okay? But realizing too how much of that shift happens of letting them let it out because they're going to be able to regulate their emotions and their nervous system if they're allowed to do that and you give them that space and energy to do that. Because I know even as adults, which is a really great point too, I know sometimes if I'm like crying about something and like I don't allow it to fully cry, like let myself cry, later I'm going to be crying about it because I didn't let it all out and it was stuck in my body or I get frustrated. And as adults, we do that and that's okay. I think it's like you're saying too, that awareness piece of emotions are absolutely valid. It's allowing them to release so they don't get stored because it can really impact communication and other factors too. I'm sure you can speak more to that. Yes. So it's a, yes. And you know, it's interesting what you say as adults, there's little things that can, that, that can, tr- that doesn't necessarily mean it is, but it does show you that your system is dysregulated. And one of them for me, for example, is um, if I'm watching TV and I'm watching a movie and I start to cry, it makes me cry. It makes me really emotional. That's because I'm coming from a dysregulated nervous system. Like that's a sign that your, your system is dysregulated. Mm. So I, I use that as an opportunity to regulate my system and to make my system feel safe. But it's little things like that, that yeah. we're not even aware of that really are signals that, that, that um, we have a dysregulated nervous system. And I honestly believe that if we don't learn to, to feel safe and regulate our nervous system, it all manifests, like you say, in through the psyche or physically, it'll all come out of our body somehow. And so that's why it's just so important to go back to the root and heal the root before we try to heal anything on the outside, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't even realize that. I was just thinking about this. I was like, I was crying the other day about like a movie I was watching and I I mean, it makes sense. (laughs) But it is, it's because it's triggering something in you or it's, it's bringing up something that, that, that an emotion in you where you felt dysregulated. Mm-hmm. So what I do now is I literally, when I'm watching a movie, I was, I was doing it the other day too. I was watching a movie lying on the couch, lazy Sunday. 
and I could feel myself, I could feel it. And so you acknowledge it. Like it, it, it like comes up, it swells up in your body. And, you know, I, at least for me, everybody experiences things differently. Like, oh, and so all I did was just like, okay, I, I feel it's okay. I acknowledge that. I feel myself lying on the couch. I can feel the couch underneath me. I can feel my feet on the, on the, on the couch. It should be on the floor, but on the couch. I can feel my head on the pillow, you know, and I, and you can take your eyes off and look around and say, okay, I can and acknowledge what you, what your eyes naturally see. And that immediately calms you down. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to necessarily take the crying away. That's not the goal, but the goal is during that emotional moment to let it flow and to feel safe, right? You're safe now to Mm -hmm. feel that emotion. That's the difference. Are you safe right now to be able to cry and feel that emotion versus just not not, like just crying, you know, and not having that, that, that regulation. So, and then again, it slowly starts to rewire and rewire. So fascinating. You know, I know. Things you, learn. <laughs> you can never know everything. That's a beautiful no. thing. <laughs> That's why we're constantly learning, constantly evolving yes. as well. Um, so I did want to ask you, because I know you have several different approaches, but are what are maybe a few that you use with your clients currently? So with my clients, I I explain very much the top, the top down, bottom up right? That we need all pick the modalities that work for you, but understand that you have to start at the very beginning. And so I do some, I I start with my clients with, I'm doing some online courses where we start with basics. Like here's the basic on a daily basis, pick three to four times a day when you start to connect with your body, with your connection, where is your body? How does your body feel? And then I have them do every day, just even if it's three to five minutes of one of the modalities that work for them, because they all are necessary, right? But they work together. So it's, I I try to take the pressure off to, this is just little bits, like little bits at a time, right? This is how you start. You start with small basics, three to four times a day, check in with yourself. How does your body feel? What are you connecting with? How do the clothes on you, you know, how is that sitting? Whatever works for you go out in nature. How does, you know, what is, how are you relating to the trees, the sky, look up, feel how that is in your body. As simple as that, drink your coffee, sip it down, really experience it. How does it make you feel? How does that coffee feel going down your throat when you're swallowing, being aware, and then pick one modality a day. Cause I don't, cause the, what, what a lot of, what happens to a lot of coaches and a lot of therapies and a lot of, of, of courses we take is it's, overload like it's the opposite of what happens so in the beginning my clients are always like well this is this this is bait like this is nothing like this is not you know they want more and more they want like a fix right. it they want they want me to tell them no you need to meditate for an hour every morning and then at night i need you to do a cold shower and you know they want me to give them that and that's not what it is because that's putting them back into that's their that's their subconscious mind putting them mm-hmm. back into well i need to be doing 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 go 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 Right. So I really start with the basics and it's very, it sounds so simple. It's very difficult to do. It's extremely difficult because we as a culture don't experience doing nothing, like the nothingness of it or the simplicity of it. We don't, in our minds, it's it, it until you get the, that education and you can relate to it, right? right? It's like, this is a waste of time. So I start my clients with that. And it's very difficult for them in the beginning because they're like, well, this is a waste of time. I'll see that, you know, I, a week later, they'll be like, yeah, 
well, nothing's changed. <laughs> you know, we all expect as I used to be, it's this right. massive change. But I also start them on, you know, so I do a bit of both. I start mm -hmm. with the with the top down and the bottom up, but very slowly in small increments, because as soon as we blast out the box, you know, your subconscious is going to just wheel you right back into how you felt. So the goal with me and any of my courses and anything I teach is starting at the real basics, the very basic level, which most people scoff at as I used to, like, this is just, this is just so simple. It's too simple mm -hmm. and building from there. Yes. all the way up to, you know, really working with your inner child, like through going through everything, but it has to start with the basics of the dysregulated system. Yes, no, and you know, it's so true with everyone else too. They'll be like, well, it's so simple. It's um, not complex. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Or it's like, I already know that. But mm -hmm. you're right. It's those small increments make the biggest difference. And yes. a lot of people, it's getting your head around that, especially if you're so used to that high stress and the chronic stress and even mm -hmm. burnout. But being able to understand, too, the depth of it, of how this can really transform. Because when people mm -hmm. try to change everything at once, it yes. really isn't going to happen. <laughs> but I love how you approach it. Yeah. I mean, just like you say, Dr. Caroline, it's like if, you know, we, we, we're going to go to the gym. We're going to start going to the gym mm -hmm. for five days a week, an hour every day. Yeah. And that lasts like the first two weeks. And then you yeah. start to miss, right? You miss a day, miss a day. Because your subconscious mind's like, whoa, we don't go to the gym every day. Yeah. So that's why. And then you get right back into your habits. And the more you, you, you're upset at yourself for missing a day, you're just reinforcing that subconscious mind, you're reinforcing that brain pattern, that wiring in your brain that we don't work out every day. And so you, you not only do you go back, but you just actually slip, you know, you even go back even further. And, I, and it's not like we're linear or anything, but you know, it's, it, we reinforce that, oh, I don't go to the gym every day. It's just a reinforcement. Yes. So no. the small things are so important. Like you say, they make such a huge difference, but it's very hard for us as a human race to, to accept that 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 is actually your healing. That's that's going to lead to your healing. You're absolutely right. And I know you mentioned online courses, but I have to ask, I know you have a masterclass coming up. Could you tell us more about that? Yes, I do. Thanks for asking. I actually have a masterclass on this. The topic is how to stop getting passed over for a promotion at work. Hmm. And when I first brought this up to some of some, some people in my community, they were like, well, wait a minute. That's, that's a little off from the stress and anxiety, but actually it's not, mm -hmm. it is, it's the same. It's, it's, it's a different platform because I worked in corporate for so many years. I totally relate to the working environment of people in the working environment. And, you know, I worked there for so long, so the promotions and I understand everything around that. So my masterclass is why is it, you know, trying to look at the why understanding the why that we may get passed up for a promotion. Obviously it's not, the regular stuff like there is no promotion or you need you're not hitting your sales like i'm not you know those are, everybody knows those things right. but the the real inside of us is why is it what is it how are we contributing to maybe getting repeatedly getting passed up for a promotion how do we take the responsibility into ourselves how is it that you know our bodies are how are we showing up in our bodies in our mind at, in the workplace and so coming at it from that angle so I'm very excited about that. It's going to be towards the end of June. I've had to sort of change my date a little bit. So I don't have a set date right now because of due, due to some travel that has come up, but it's going to be towards the end of June. 
perfect timing. That's right around the corner and we'll definitely have that below so people can join in as well. But I think that's such a cool um, shift too because it's very much in your lane, but the stress and anxiety that comes from trying for that promotion or folk or moving towards that promotion can be really stressful. And it's something that I don't think a lot of people talk about. At least I haven't heard. I'm sure there people do talk about it, but mm-hmm. I haven't heard it a lot about it. So I'm glad you are doing it. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, of course. And before we get into the rapid fire questions, I have one more question. Okay. What are some tips that you can give us around reducing stress and anxiety outside of the ones you've already given um, when it comes to regulating our system, but things that people can start doing now? So the first tip I would say is just like we talked about is acknowledging like, okay, I am stressed right now and not necessarily need to change it. So if you're rushing to get out there and you're late and you can't find your phone and just acknowledge, okay, I'm stressed right now. I'm really stressed. I'm stressed. Or you snap at someone, just acknowledge, right? That, okay, I'm in a state of stress. So the first thing is awareness. Mm-hmm is just be aware that you're stressed because the more you're aware, the more you start to see, wow, this is, this is how my body functions. And then find something that may not be that you do right then and there. A lot of people say, take a deep breath, right? Just take a, take a breath, breathe in, take a breath. Yes, that can be very effective for some people. But what I have learned is that breath work and deep breathing for some people can accelerate stress and anxiety. It depends where you are and how the breath works for you. So the generic things like close your eyes and take a deep breath may escalate some people and put them more into that feeling of unsafety or stress and anxiety, the the fight and flight mode, even more so. So you as a person have to find out what feels good for you. Mm-hmm. What is going to work for you when you know you're in that, you know, so you have to figure out, okay, so I'm really anxiety. Mm-hmm. Does taking a deep breath work? Does closing my eyes and sitting for a second work for me? Whatever works for some person, the, the, the logical stuff like take a breath or take a pause can't, does not work for everybody, especially neurodivergent people that are, that are super sensitive, right? That may mm-hmm. actually escalate it. So you have to work on something. Maybe it's as simple as just acknowledging or going for a walk outside or taking a few steps backwards or looking out the window, or it can be a variety of things, but you as as an individual need to find, look for something that you know calms you down. Maybe it's holding onto the table or, you know, there's these things where, you know, you teach people to, to go like this and give yourself a hug. But again, for some people it works, but not for everyone. So, you know, some people pat like this, some people rub their hands together. You have to find something that you feel comfortable with inside. And it's not just take a breath, like every, it's not one size fits all. Once you can do that and you start to little by little use that, maybe you sit down, whatever it is, you have to experiment, Mm -hmm. use that. Then it's the, the awareness, the acknowledgement, okay, this is, I'm really stressed, crazy. And then if you can, in that moment, use that tool or go and use that tool at another time, find something that just helps you a little bit to calm down. Different for everybody. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. Because I know that's one of the things that I tell people to do too, is just like taking a few deep breaths, but you're Mm -hmm. right. It can really escalate depending on the person. Um, And it 
it can be generic in some ways, but it really right. is tuning into that person and that individual. Like you said, it's not a one size fits all. And I completely agree with that as well. Mm-hmm. I do think it is finding what works for you. And that's why it's cool to have different tips and seeing what works, but also having somebody who's an expert helping you too, that could really reduce that like yourself. <laughs> right. So be, so you don't think you're crazy, right? Because yeah. Yeah. someone taking a breath, everyone, well, I, I don't feel good. I just makes right. me, doesn't make me feel, you know, for me, breath work works very well, but it's, it's not for everybody. And then they're like, well, this is not why and it, it could accelerate it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's something, you know, everybody is so different and in tune. Yeah. You know, I had a client that, you know, I've always had long hair. So people touch my hair and they, and it, and it's, for me, it, it's normal. Like it's just, it's happened my whole life. People will stroke my hair or they'll touch it or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but some people, they will, it will literally send them on a spiral if somebody touches their hair. And I learned that from a client. Like, you know, when you, when you work with clients, you learn just as much as they learn. Yes. So I learned that from a client who was, is very traumatized by somebody touching their hair. It, it really viscerally comes up in them yeah. as a state of panic. So it's all these little things that we have to learn for what works best for us. Yes, absolutely. Tilly, this has been so fun. We're going to jump into the rapid fire questions if you're ready for them. Let's do it. The first question is, who is your hero? My hero, I would have to say, is my mom. Although she would look at me like, if she said that. My mom actually lives with us most of the year. She spends a lot of time with my brother's. But she is someone that I can watch the good and the bad, right? I can see she's very good with stress and anxiety, but she holds everything in. So I, she is the most solid person in my life. Mm. And I learn from her mistakes as much as I learn from her. And I don't mean that, that she makes, we all make mistakes, but mm-hmm. I can see what's not happening with her and what is happening with her. And she just handles everything, no matter what it is, with such grace and moves and flows through it even if she doesn't understand what's happening and that is something that I I don't know if I would have survived how I would have survived if I didn't have her as that solid rock in my life she definitely sounds very grounding (laughs) oh what an amazing woman so if what motivates you to work hard to work smarter and to really accomplish what you've accomplished my daughter because at the end of the day, I am terrified that I'm going to screw up her life. (laughs) So that is a real motivation for me to make myself a better person and to teach other people how to be better people because I am responsible for this human. Not, not, and not, I mean, and I've learned through all the studying that I've done that I, I, I'm responsible in the sense of keeping her safe and being a guy and, and being an example for her. I need to be an example for her. Otherwise, you know, she's going to have to do a lot of therapy when she's older. I mean, she already does therapy. We all need therapy, but I, it's my, it's my, that's what drives me learning to be a better person for me so that I can have that ripple effect for her. Absolutely. And, you know, I think too, it's just like being able to model that and know Mm -hmm. that you are that guiding force for her because Mm -hmm. we all make our own decisions and everything like that. But I think it just shows the fact that you said you're you're terrified, but of making a mistake or anything like that. But it's really about 
it shows true your true colors too of how an amazing person you are and doing the best you can yeah. with the tools that you continue to learn to and embody thank you thank you yeah absolutely and i tell her that i'm like okay i i'm very open with her so she can see as you know how as an yeah. adult i'm I said, I screwed up. I messed up. I'm scared. I don't know what's going on. I, you know, you know, I, I, I try to tell her that because it's not my role to, to control her in any way. It's, you know, it's my role just to, to show up as myself and let her hopefully see, learn by example. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. Um, so when it comes to, if you were to be a superhero, what powers or power would you have? Hmm. If I was a superhero... I would like to be able to take a wand and allow people to relax, like put them in a state of relaxation. Like if I could, ping, right? Okay, now you relax. You're no longer like this anymore. Yes. Yes, but I mean, I mean, obviously to a certain degree, like we have to be like this, right? The fear is so necessary because if you wake up and there's an alligator in the bed next to you, like you need that fear to get out. Otherwise you did. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a bit, but in, in, so it would have to be a very special type of a situation when you relax someone, not when they've got a tiger chasing them. You don't want them to be relaxed then. You know, rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really cool power i i appreciate that one <laughs> but i do i do think there's a there's a big difference that people don't understand between fear and anxiety because mm. fear is there to protect you in the moment anxiety is anticipatory right you're it's it's a it's the energy it's a future energy you're you're using that future energy projecting in the present moment so my superpower would be to eliminate the anxiety for any future energy Mm. Dap it. I like it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> I was saying that on one of my last interviews. I was like, I just want to be able to take all these powers and let everyone have that power, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Um, but with that being said, if you were to share a meal with mm. any four individuals, living or dead, who would they be? Love this question because it's so interesting and it changes all the time. But right now, it's Brene Brown. I love her. I love her so much. Um, um, I would have to say Dr. Gabor Mate, who's one of my heroes. Mm -hmm. He's he's phenomenal. He's a trauma expert. Mm -hmm. um, Maya DeAngelo, who just mm -hmm. is so calm, like she is so regulating for me, all of the things that she says. And then always somebody like Tinkerbell or somebody oh. to keep the child in us alive right i feel like we always shut down our child line our child side so mm -hmm. tinkerbell would be a great person to keep us all in a childlike sort of state yes <laughs> not peter pan there you know never grow up <laughs> right right i love that um i haven't heard that one before that's gonna be a very fun interesting meal very lively too yes and calming, lively, calming yes. and lively <laughs> Um, with that being said, what if, um, if you have done, what has been the most daring thing that you've ever done in your life? Definitely walking out of a, what's deemed a very successful corporate job in the, in the music industry and just walking away from that was a very, very difficult decision for me and 
everyone and anyone I know was like, are you crazy? Are you nuts? Like, what are you doing? So that was a massive, that was very difficult for me to do, but the most freeing thing also that I've done ever, ever. Well, when you go against the path of what society deems as Mm -hmm. success and following your own intuition and your own heart and doing Mm -hmm. what truly lights you up, it's all worth it. Yes, yes. Well, good job on doing that. Thank you. <laughs> um, and that is very daring because a lot of people have a lot of opinions and the most and it's safety, opinion. right? I had a big safety net. Like I could yep. have stayed there forever and it wasn't like I hated it. I didn't hate it. I loved my, it was love. I mean, I was in the music industry, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a great role that I had. It was a great career, but it just, in, in, it just wasn't for me. Like it's just, you know, it wasn't who I'm meant to be. Absolutely. No, and our bodies will tell us that too. Yes. In so many ways. Yes. It's true. <laughs> I can speak from my personal experience. But with that being said, what is the phone app that you use the most? Definitely Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Yes. Lots of connections. <laughs> yes. Instagram for sure. And what is the last book that you've read? The last book I read was Breath by James Nestor, but I have now read it three times and it's very interesting. It's a, it's a phenomenal book. And so I read that coinciding with a book called Untangled. Um, I forget who the author is, but it's about teenage girls. So I read them both simultaneously, but Breath I have read now three times. It's, it blows my mind every time I read it. Yeah, somebody else just was telling me about Untangled. Untangled is yeah. any mom that has a girl around the age from 10 plus going on should read that book. It's, 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 it really is. And even me who's, you know, who's studied and I still have groups from conscious parenting and I still have all, we all read that book. We read a lot of books, but that's one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's an amazing book. It's really, it's a must read for a, for a parent with a girl, with a daughter. Mm. Good to know. (laughs) I know a lot of moms with girls. Mm -hmm. So that will definitely be a recommendation that I will be giving. Um, My next question is, what if you were to have a movie about your life thus far, who would play you? (laughs) Okay. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. (laughs) And it might be, okay. I used to have, I go back and forth between the red and the strawberry blonde and the blonde and, you know, and every time I'm really strawberry blonde, they're like, oh my God, it's Nicole Kidman. So, so definitely her. And I think she's awesome. Oh, she's amazing. And such a phenomenal person like yourself. Yes. I love her. She's great. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Um, So if you were to be an animal, like personality type and whatnot, what animal would you be? This is also a funny question. I love it. I think I would be an Afghan. Okay, because you know okay. how they, you know the hair, you know they've yeah. got that long swishy swishy hair, and they swish her through. I think I would be an Afghan if I were. <laughs> if I was an animal. I think an Afghan is the closest. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a first. No one else has said that. <laughs> what would you be, Dr. Caroline? Oh, that's a great question. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I would be a lion. Okay, I can see that. 
because I'm partly a, I'm a Leo, mm-hmm. but I'm very like quiet. I tiptoe until it's like time. And then once it's time, I like go full force of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like personality type, that would definitely be me. And I'm very protective of like my family, my friends, the people I love dearly. Um, so I'd be a lion. I can see that. I can see that. That's good. <laughs> uh, so if there was, your day's just not going good. You're having an off day. What is something that instantly makes it better? If my daughter is in a good mood and she gives me a hug and she talks to me because, you know, she's almost 13 now. So they don't want to have anything. Everything I do is wrong and they don't want to have anything to do with their parents unless she needs something. But occasionally she, you know, if she walks, what wakes up in the morning, she comes up to me and she gives me a hug like that. Just, (laughs) oh, it's just nothing better than that. Just nothing better than that. Especially that age. It's a hard age. It is. Yeah. It's a fun age though. I, I'm fascinated by the teenage brain. It's very fascinating. It is. It definitely is. Um, that I'm sure would make your day better. And so if you have a day off where you're not working with any clients or running any groups or doing your masterclass, what are you doing for fun? Like what's your favorite thing to do? So I know this is probably going to sound kind of weird, but doing for me doing nothing absolutely having nothing on my to that I have to do is the most perfect day for me. And I have to mindset myself because there's my work that I do. I love it. Right. So there's always something I'm working on that I want to do. It's not that I have to do it. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. So on the weekends, if I don't get through something on a Friday, I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to work on this over the weekend. But if I don't, mentally say to myself okay it's Sunday I'm not going to do that work I I can constantly like oh I'm just going to lie here for a little while I'm just going to go for a walk and then I'll do it and then I don't get to relax so the so the best thing that I can ever do for myself is to just allow myself to literally do nothing for the day and however that takes me I'll do it I don't touch work and I'll I'll do whatever I feel like take a nap watch tv go for a walk you know like go lie by the pool whatever I I feel like without having an agenda like even if I have one thing on my calendar it like throws me off I'm like oh you know so my perfect day is not having anything to do not no to-do list nothing that I have to do for the day and just go and just do nothing and sometimes I literally Dr. Caroline will just binge watch something lie on tv and watch I don't watch tv very often but if I find a show that I like, I'm like, okay, I'm watching, and I'll watch it from beginning to end, and I'll just binge watch the whole thing on a Sunday, and then my day goes by, and I'm like, and acknowledging it, you know, I'll automatically go, I didn't do anything today. I always feel that, and I'm like, that's, you did. Doing nothing is the best thing for you. So when I have those days when I do, when I have nothing on my agenda, and I just go for a flow, and you know, whatever comes up, that Mm -hmm. to me is the perfect day. Uh. That sounds lovely. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because I think a lot of times I used to be like this where like, I can't not do anything. I have so much going on. Like I don't have time to take a day off, but really allowing ourselves to do nothing can be the best thing for us um, yes. to really relax the mind too. So I, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> because nothing is something, right? It's the yeah. same as, it's the same as when people feel numb. They're like, I don't feel anything, but feeling numb like your, your body, like, are you in touch with your body? Well, my body's, I'm just numb. I don't feel anything. That is something. Numb is something. 
you know, so, but we don't, we disregard it. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's really important to acknowledge. Yeah. The couch lying on the couch with no agenda is really bliss. I mean, I don't, I end up doing stuff, but it it gives myself that, you know, the, the, it gives myself the permission to, to literally do nothing. Yes. It's about giving ourselves that permission. You're absolutely right. Keywords. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I have a final question for these is what's something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? That an outsider will probably find, go after a technique, right? Like mindset, that's going to cure everything for me or um, ice baths. That's going to cure where I am or CBM, you know, talk therapy, that's going to cure everything for me or um, whatever the yoga like that, whatever the modality is, people think that, oh, this is working for me. And, and some modalities do work better for, for others, right? Every, all of us have our, have different affinities towards the different modalities, mm-hmm. but it is a, it's a combination of a number of modalities and it's a, and it's a constant work. It all comes down to the basic, like we talked about, is that the central nervous system and how your nervous system is regulated or dysregulated. And from that platform, you need to use this, these, all of these other modalities. But until you get a hold of this, the center of it all, these modalities on the outside will definitely be helpful, but you will keep spiraling back and probably move from modality to modality, thinking that you can find the answer in those modalities versus finding the answer in your nervous system. Mm. Yes, no, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that too, because I think you just gave us all a little closer lens on that. But with that being said, Tilly, it has been such an honor having you on, but before I let you go, where can people find you and hire you? We'll link everything below in the description, but if you could let us know too. So Instagram is my preferred. Facebook is also, um, I'm on Facebook. And then I have my website, which is www.tillyfine.com. So I have those three modalities and anyone can reach out on any of those. And I will be posting a lot more about my upcoming masterclass and courses that I'm working on towards the end of this year too. Perfect. Well, we can't wait to see those. And again, thank you so much for taking the time today to share your story, your journey, and all the modalities that you use to really help people from the inside out. We are honored to have you. Thank you, Dr. Caroline. It's so good to be here. I'm really, you know, I I love, as I say, I I love what you're doing and I love your guests and I know some of them. So it's, it's truly an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And make sure to like, subscribe, and comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Tilly? Did you learn something new? Leave in the comment section below, and we'll see you on the next video.